It is now the penultimate Wednesday of the month, and time for the September 23, 2020 edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and for the next several minutes, you'll get some information about what's going on in our area. Support for this program comes from the many people who have decided to fund it through either a monthly contribution to Patreon or through a subscription through the newsletter service. Either way, thank you. And now, students at the University of Virginia are now under rules that are stricter than those in Albemarle County and Charlottesville. President Jim Ryan announced yesterday that gatherings are limited to five people or less, and masks are to be worn at all times indoors. Over the last few days, we've become more concerned about the spread of COVID-19 within the UVA community. Some of this has been driven by a rise in the number of positive cases in our community, but we've also gotten reports of a few large student gatherings, both on and off grounds, as well as reports about inconsistent adherence to masking and distancing guidelines. This has caused concern among our public health experts who worry that we may be headed in the wrong direction and that if we don't get back on track quickly, we could end up in a situation where we have to severely restrict where students can go or risk running short on isolation and quarantine space. The UVA COVID-19 tracker reported yesterday that 26% of quarantine rooms are in use and 7% of isolation rooms are in use. Seven new cases were reported for Monday, all students. The number of total active cases is listed as 224. According to the tracker, these are new cases with a positive test during the past 10 days who require isolation or quarantine. The Cavalier Daily reported yesterday that a fifth dorm was placed under testing. The five-person or less restriction on gatherings applies to students on and off grounds. Students will still be able to gather outside safely, including on the lawn, but will have to do it in groups of five or fewer. If this new limit is not respected, we may have to consider additional restrictions, including curfews. A third restriction involves who can visit the students. We're going to ramp up enforcement of our travel and visitor policies for students, which should be simple to understand and follow. Please do not leave Charlottesville over the next two weeks and do not invite visitors to come to town. This is to protect people outside this community, as well as to prevent more of the virus being brought back to grounds. Ryan said in-person classes would continue. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 580 cases of COVID-19 today, the lowest one-day total since July 6th. That brings the seven-day average for daily new cases to 890. The seven-day average for positive tests remains at 5.5% for the second straight day. In the Thomas Jefferson Health District, there are another 16 cases reported today, with a seven-day average of daily new cases now at 53. Another death has been recorded in Nelson County for a total of 69 since the pandemic began. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority's Board of Directors met yesterday, and it was perhaps the last public appearance in the area by Dr. Teron Richardson, whose tenure as Charlottesville City Manager is over at the end of the month. Dr. Richardson was honored with a resolution for his time serving on the RWSA, and he ended up chairing his final meeting. Here's Albemarle County Executive Jeffrey Richardson. And so, Dr. Richardson, uh, on behalf of this board, we want to take this opportunity to give you a heartfelt thanks for your service, not just to the city and to our community, but to this board. Had a great time working with everyone. And uh, just like my first day, I got appointed to a, a position. And then my last day, I'm leading the meeting. 
<laughs> Quite so, a legacy. Yeah. yeah Moving yeah, on so, up. Yeah. So thank you much. The way to go out. Richardson tended his resignation to city council earlier this month. Albemarle County has launched another initiative to help businesses cover some of their pandemic-related expenses. The Safe Spaces and Places grant program is intended for those companies that have spent money to expand to outdoor operations or otherwise spent money to be able to serve customers during the pandemic. This could include tents, sanitizing stations, outdoor furniture, space heating, and other items that could help slow the spread of COVID-19 while allowing business to continue. Others include extended Wi-Fi and computer systems that allow easy payment through cards. Qualifying purchases may have occurred between March 1st and the end of this year, and payouts are up to $25,000. The funds are being administered by the Community Investment Collaborative on behalf of the Albemarle Economic Development Authority. Albemarle will hold a webinar on the program on September 25th at 1 p.m. An inquiry form closes on October 2nd. This morning, Albemarle County also launched another initiative for residents struggling with hardships due to the pandemic. The Board of Supervisors voted earlier this summer to allocate over $1 million in funding from the Federal CARES Act for emergency financial assistance. A press release for the program states that Albemarle County residents experiencing lost wages or earning ability as a result of reduced hours or loss of unemployment due to the ongoing pandemic can apply for funds for rent, mortgage assistance, utility payments, groceries, prescriptions, or child care. Residents are eligible for a one-time payment of up to $1,000 per household. The funds are being dispersed in partnership with the United Way of Greater Charlottesville. Take a look at the newsletter to see the numbers that you need to call to apply. In meetings today, the Ridge Street Priority Neighborhood Task Force will meet virtually at 4 p.m. The group is made up of people appointed to review potential projects that might be paid through a federal program known as the Community Development Block Grant, or CDBG. Each year, the city selects a neighborhood to receive funding, and for this year and the next two, the Ridge Street neighborhood has been chosen. City Council discussed whether some of the $150,000 for this fiscal year could be used for housing issues. City Councilor Michael Payne asked this question. Could that pool of money, should the Ridge Street Task Force receive applications and vote on it, go to things related to homelessness services or public housing or other things that may be connected to housing in some way? And here's the city's grants coordinator, Aaron Attack. So the Red Street or the Priority Neighborhood funding typically goes towards funding public infrastructure improvements to better that community. Um, it really depends on the type of activity they're looking to fund. Previous projects funded by CDBG funds through this process include sidewalk improvements in the 10th and Page neighborhoods, as well as intersection improvements on Monticello Avenue and a partial streetscape on Cherry Avenue. One thing for the task force to keep in mind is that the city received $6.1 million in smart scale funding for a project at the four-way intersection of Ridge Street, Cherry Avenue, Elliott Avenue, and 5th Street Extended. However, that project does not have an anticipated construction start time until 2028. Speaking of smart scale, the area body that makes decisions about regional transportation projects meets at 4 p.m. On the agenda of the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board is a new design for a reconfiguration of the intersection of US-29 and Fontaine Avenue into something called a Modified Continuous Flow Intersection. 
There will also be a discussion of the needs for electrical vehicle charging stations in the community. And that's it for this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. Thank you for those who raced to your computers to make a Patreon contribution. And if you didn't, that's okay. I know that it's hard times for everybody and that you do not have to pay to listen to this program. It will remain free as long as I'm doing it. The Patreon is simply there for those who might have a little to spend, as is the Substack subscription. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment.